Hello and welcome to Perpetual Outsider, a brand new podcast hosted by me, John Bensalia. Uh, welcome to this commentary for uh, the first of two John Sullivan comedy uh, reviews. The first one is looking uh, at Citizen Smith, which was his John Sullivan's classic comedy from the 1970s. This is a great episode, very probably my favourite episode, actually, called The Party's Over which was first broadcast in 1979, uh, October the 25th, I think. Um, I, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's have a look and uh, let's go. Here we go with uh, Wolfie marching out of uh, the Lon London Underground Station. I'm sure I used to visit there when I was a kid. Um, because he used to live in London, I was actually born in London, in Lambeth, um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, you know, I, I used to walk past that underground station when I was a kid. And they they changed the opening titles because he used to um kick, you know, sort of like a a tin can down a uh, down a train tunnel path or something, but uh, they've changed it just to generic kind of titles. So here we have um, Wolfie doing very bad karaoke in a pub. He's uh, he's he's doing one of his own songs actually. See, they even had open mic stuff in nineteen seventy nine. And there's um, there's Harry Fenning. And his, and his two sidekicks. Harry Fenning, played by Stephen Greif, who uh, Blake Seven fans will know better as Travis Mark One. I've, I've got to say right now, John Sullivan is my all-time favourite comedy writer. I, I don't know how he did it. I've, I've tried many times to come up with a comedy script, and it just, I can't do it. And yet John Sullivan made it look so easy. He was an absolute master. Um, so yes, today uh, we're looking at Citizen Smith. Tomorrow uh, we'll be looking at an uh, Only Fools and Horses episode. There's <laughs> sound of silence. And he's um, one of Harry Fenning's psychics. Um, the who's played by Dana Mitchie has just switched it off. There'll be no intermission. <laughs> So at this point, of course, the dynamic has changed a little bit in Citizen Smith. This is uh, the third series. And in the original run, uh, for the, the first couple of series, it was uh, Wolfie, it, it was a psychic Ken who was still in it, and his girlfriend Shirley, played by Cheryl Hall. Um, Cheryl Hall is no longer in it. So, And also, the original dad, played by Peter Vaughan, is now played by Tony Steedman. So the dynamics have changed a little bit, and it'll change even further in... Uh, in the fourth series, because Harry Fenning will uh, will no longer be in it, unfortunately. This is actually Harry Fenning's last episode, which is a it's a shame because I think Stephen Greif, I think, is a real real asset to the show. Great comic timing. And this this uh, this episode, the party's over, is basically about um, it's it's summing up the real kind of class war between Wolfie and and the upper classes. And it's about um, 
a, a rich, a spoiled rich girl and her brother, and they throw this party um, for for their rich, you know, their rich upper class friends, and their challenge is to find uh, like a novelty act, you know, a, a real idiot, so they can deliberately make a fool of them, and I, I think throw them in the pool, and it's um, it, it really sums it up well, um, and. I'm, you know, it, it sums up the whole kind of class dynamic between two. You know, you've got the unfeeling upper classes and the um, and, and you know, Wolfie is technically you know the hero, albeit in a you know slightly bumbling sort of way. And uh... <laughs> hello, <laughs> but it's great, and it's one of the many reasons you know why I like this episode, but also because it's got a fantastic cast. It's got a great guest cast, and I think. Um, it's it's you know it, it it's probably one of the all time great guest cast of the show, and here you've got probably one of the all time great uh, guest performances in Citizen Smith, which is Judy Matheson, now known as Judy Jarvis, playing Caroline, and Caroline is she's the spoiled rich girl, and Judy Matheson or you know Judy Jarvis, Judy plays her so well. She really plays that kind of manipulative, scheming, sly character of Caroline. The character's called Caroline. She plays it so well. The way, you know, she wraps Wolfie around her little finger with her, you know, with her feminine wiles. You know, she pretends to want to, you know, be interested in him. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing what you could do in 30 seconds. <laughs> and, she, and she just manipulates him so well. And she plays the scheming part of it. Absolutely brilliantly, much underrated actress. Uh, absolutely brilliant in this, and in and in lots of other things too, actually. And here you've got a very young uh, Janine Davitsky, who's a, a, a familiar face these days. She's been, in, of course, in programs like Benidorm and One Foot in the Grave, and she's um, she's Caroline's friend. Although um, she kind of. Kind of turns against her later. She actually sides with uh, with Ken here, and it's it's great to see. Actually, she you know she actually comes back in another the next episode, um, which is uh, the Glory Stamen, and they go off in the tank. The dialogue just it flows so well, but you also need great actors to bring it to life. And that's exactly what you get here. And we've also got coming up, we've got the likes of um, Jeffrey Toon. We've got Gordon McKay. So it's a, it's a very interesting guest cast. But of course, let's, uh, you know, let's not forget the main actors. You know, got Robert Lindsay here. Perfect choice for Wolfie. Perfect charisma. Perfect comic timing. Just uh, just one of the iconic comedy characters of the, of the 1970s. And of course, Mike Grady, who provides excellent support as Ken. Um, just, you know, he's he's kind of like the straight man to, you know, Wolfie's one-liners. But it's it's a really good dynamic. And I don't really think the Wolfie and Ken dynamic, I think, is really appreciated that that much in comedy. Um, which is a shame because they they really do form a great double act. And you can see that both actors clearly, you know, they, you know, they really get on with each other. And they, you know, they've got a great rapport going and it's uh, and it's wonderful. Uh, that's no uh, no other TPF members in uh, in this episode. You had um, uh, you had Tucker, uh, who was the uh, 
<laughs> slightly downtrodden cowboy from Ballam. He used to dress up as a cowboy, but he he was, uh, you know, he's slightly morose, you know, very you know very worried kind of figure. Um, and and he would crop up in a few episodes. And he also had um, Speed, who was a regular at this point. He was uh, he was like the thug of the group. You know, he, he was this real kind of you know sort of bully boy character but both both played again brilliantly because you had George Sweeney playing Speed and you had Tony Moon playing um, Tucker absolutely great great actors in this and I think again you know it goes back to needing brilliant actors to bring a sitcom to life so well Wolfie's Bluster Wolfie is, uh, for those who have never seen Citizen Smith, Wolfie is the leading of the, to- the Tooting Popular Front, um, a popular front that supposedly has lots of members but can probably only muster about half a dozen in reality. And in this, he's he's full of bluster, he's full of, you know, bravado, but it's all covering up his own kind of, you know, sort of inadequacies, I suppose. And I think I think that's you know that's partly where the laughter comes from because he's kind of so deluded that he's going to lead the the country to rebellion and you know he's he's going to you know provide the glorious day and the revolution will finally be here against the cruel Tory government at the time. But you know what? I, I think we need a a character like Wolfie these days. Actually, I really do, especially with the political world in just complete well disarray's. Uh, Putting it mildly, but I, I, I don't think we'll go there. Yeti. Yes, the dad always used to call him Yeti. They, they always used to be nicknames for, for Wolfie, because um, the dad used to call him Yeti. Um, the mum there, brilliantly played by Hilda Braid, uh, called him Foxy. Um, Speed used to call him Smudge. And we, we, only, uh, we only get the... Um, the real name in the last episode. No, the penultimate episode, actually. Um, when he's called uh, W.H. Smith. Walter Smith, he's called. <laughs> Yo, you see it. Uh, that's funny. Hilda, Hilda Braid, I, I think, is one of, the, one of the best characters on this show. She, uh, she really does well. And a very sweet lady. Um, she's one of the very few celebrity encounters I've had because I once helped her um, carry a luggage, which her suitcase was actually almost as big as big as Hilda Braid herself. She was on a train going up to Clapham Junction and I offered to carry her suitcase up the uh, upstairs. Very sweet lady. Um, completely unshowy. But yeah, really, really nice, polite lady. And uh, yeah, no, very, you know, sad when she passed away. Also, um, she was also in uh, EastEnders as Nana Moon, and I th- yeah, yeah, I think it was about two thousand. I think I think I met him about two thousand five, two thousand four, two thousand five, when when she was in it. It's quite a musical. Ep- they often have a, a lot of musical episodes in Citizen Smith. Because the uh, the big payoff at the end here hinges on the musical performance, which uh, which Wolfie provides his very own song. And you've also got other great episodes, like uh, the one where Wolfie aims to be a rock star, 
Actually, no, there's two. Actually, no, there's two. There's the one. Uh, there's one called Rock Bottom, when he's duped by a by an old friend of his, and then you've got another one which is bigger than Guy Fawkes, which is the first one of C- series four, when he's uh, when he's again duped by a showbiz impresario called Benny Salzberg, um, who actually provides his release out of prison. But of course, it's all uh, it, it. It doesn't last. And it's kind of a, it's a little bit like Only Fools and Horses. You know, the whole premise kind of revolves around, uh, you know, a, a very chas- charismatic but slightly deluded main main figure. You know, you've got Wolfie here, you've got Dell in Only Fools and Horses. <clears throat> Wolfie's convinced that he's the way, he's the man to lead the country to revolution. Dell's convinced that he's going to lead the country to, well, he's, he's going to lead his bank balance to uh, <laughs> a million and even more. But more often than not, you know, their, their plans get thwarted. And there's a kind of tragic comedy element, which, you know, sort of comes through so well. Like in all great sitcoms, you know, that it, it revolves around a central character, you know, who's, who's, you know, instantly memorable, instantly charismatic. But there's that kind of, kind of that melancholy lurking in the background. Like here, you've got Wolfie uh, talking about his date with Caroline and um, how he's how he was trying to show off to Caroline, and um, he asked for the finger bowl, and uh, <laughs> he, he just to be flashy went to order the double. <laughs> it's great, great writer. You know, he's he's so he's so out of touch with kind of you know that social etiquette, um, and he you know he. he he just hasn't got a clue, has he? And of course, um, you know, the incredible Holtz Taylor. Yeah, of course, um, these days you, you just don't really get comedies anymore. Not of this calibre. And I think it's a shame. I, I think it's a massive, massive shame that we don't really have any memorable sitcoms like from the golden age of the 70s and, and, and the 80s as well. You know, classic time for comedies. Many of which do stand the test of time. Now, I, I, I don't know why. I don't know whether it's maybe because some people are a bit bit more easily offended these days by jokes, and you've got to be very careful about, you know, your P's and Q's, and you've got to be careful about the sort of jokes that you make. You know, because the slight, you know, even the slightest thing can be taken the wrong way and can be misconstrued these days. Um, Whatever the reason, I, I, I think it's a shame. You know, maybe the BBC, you know, or other... Other channels just don't have the uh, the budget for it. I, I don't know. Or the other thing is, it goes back to the streaming thing, with you know various other streaming channels coming up with you know they're I'm I'm not sure whether they you know come up with as good sitcoms as this, but they they don't really stick in the mind anymore. They just don't stick in the mind, and I'm I, I think it's a huge shame that you can't turn on BBC or ITV these days. And see a you know a classic sitcom in in the vein of this, or you know, or many many others. God knows we all need a good laugh at the moment. But you know, there you go. As I said before, uh, Tony Steedman is replacing Peter Vaughan at this point, and I've yeah, you know, I've got a, I've, I think they're actually good in. Um, in both ways, I think. I think to be honest, Peter Bourne just had the slight edge. I think um, he, he had that kind of sarcasm and 
you know, the humour very well, com- you know, combined with, you know, more the, you know, the more overbearing character of, uh, of Charlie Johnson. But Tony Steeman, I think, does very well. I think, you know, he, he does, you know, he does a good job because it's never easy to step into the shoes of an established actor. Uh, like, you know, who's, who's already made the part his own. But, uh, but I, think, I think he does it really well. And a lot, like I said, you know, Hilda Braid's uh, Florence is, is just marvellous comedy character, you know, that kind of, you know, that sort of childlike innocence in a, in a, bit, in a, in a big, wide adult world. I, I, th- I think it's a, one, it's a wonderful creation. And John Sullivan was a master at coming up with uh, these incidental characters. You know, this and, you know, Citizen Smith, Only Fools and Horses. Uh, Dear John is another one, another classic example where he comes up with all these, you know, these brilliant additional characters, which, you know, rather than detract from the humour, actually add to it. You know, of course, in Only Fools and Horses, you've got um, Trigger, you've got Boise, uh, Marlene, Cassandra, all of those, you know, they all they all add greatly to the comedy. And here, you know, you've, you've got so many, like, you know, Florence and Charlie, you've got, um, the t- you know, the other members of the TBF, and they all have their own part to play. And John Sullivan does a wonderful job of doing this kind of juggling act with, you know, spinning so many plates at once with writing for these. <laughs> Sorry, just, I'm just laughing at Hilda Brain's delivery of uh, Nice because she's just encountered uh, Gordon Kay's butler to Charlie Johnson. Uh, <laughs> who he refers to, who he, he refers to himself as Charlie's man, I think it is. He just goes, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. Going back to the characters, it's it's wonderful. Um, a great skill to have, a real great skill to have. So here we are, um, Charlie and Florence now at uh, Caroline's party for the for the rich, and they clearly have absolutely no clue of what's going on. You know, the, the way the way they behave is is completely completely out of kilter with with how the upper classes mingle in their parties, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, it, it's it's wonderful to see them, tr- you know, try and try to do their best to fit in with their, you know, kind of affected posh voices and their, you know, attempts to kind of mingle and you know and, and do do the whole social climbing thing. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, but left him. We left Wolfie tuning his instrument. <laughs> it's there's always room for a double entendre. Um, and I, I, I think there's plenty more coming up now. Oh, oh dear! <laughs> like I said, you, you just don't get that anymore. You, you don't, you know, you don't, you don't get all those, you know, those innocent sort of double entendre comedies. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a great shame. It, it is a great shame. It's it's all you know. It's all in good humour. I, I don't really think. You know, it you know deliberately um, upset anyone. I, I don't know. Um, Citizen Smith. It was um, it originally ran for four seasons uh, between nineteen seventy seven and nineteen eighty. Um, 
and then of course John Sullivan went off to do uh, Only Fools and Horses, which was you know his real big break. But Citizen Smith was a huge, huge success in the late seventies, and uh, yeah, I, I remember watching it vividly as a kid, and you know used to really enjoy it. And you get you'd actually get crossover, you know, actors between the two. Like you've got here, you've got Jeffrey Toon now playing um, the main big boss of Hayden's Hayden's Electronics, where Charlie works. And Jeffrey Toon would also turn up in um, the classic Only Fools and Horses episode with uh, with the chandelier. And again, he plays the kind of upper crust sort of lord that he plays there. And um, yeah, you know, um, Citizen Smith, it was, um, I, I remember it was also repeated in the 90s because they actually had, um, they used to do these repeat seasons. The 90s were quite big on nostalgia because they uh, they repeated the complete uh, Reginald Perrin, I think, Butterflies, uh, and, and of course this, Citizen Smith, you know, which was, you know, which was on between, I think, August 1992 and... March 1993, I think it was. And it was, yeah, and it, and it was a great opportunity to rediscover the show. And they'd also brought out a couple of videos. And uh, another reason why I, re I really like this episode is because this was on one of two compilation videos that they had. They, I think they brought out the video, I think, um, 1991, something like that. And this was on there along with um, the final episode, the one where they, they go around at the tank. And also the one, uh, Tofkin's Revenge, I think the episode was called, where um, uh, Harry, you know, a relative of Harry Fennings is, uh, you know, trying to get one up on him. And there was that one. And there was another video. And I, I remember buying them and enjoying them, you know, enormously. And I, I, I think they still, you know, stand up remarkably well. And of course, it was uh, recently repeated on Forces TV, which, alas, is, uh, is uh, due to be taken off the air this month, which is a crying shame. You know, For Forces TV has come up with, you know, really come up with the goods with uh, some great stuff, classic comedies and uh, classic drama, you know, drama shows, like, you know, of course, like Doctor Who and Lake Seven. And it's it's a great shame that, you know, it's it's no longer going to be on. Huge shame. Um, there's actually not that many, not that many archive tv channels about you've got drama channel which does come up with goods sometimes and of course bbc4 you know which again will be phased out in uh, in the next couple of years which is you know again it's a shame massive shame <laughs> what are you having trouble with <laughs> great one-liners Wolfie standing up to the uh, Gordon Kay's butler. They're all so up, you know, all so up themselves, aren't they? These, uh, these upper classes. <laughs> and of course, uh, Philippa, the Janine Davitsky character, who's gone uh, now joined the, uh, the revolution. You know, she's with... Uh, she's with Wolfie and Ken rather than Caroline. <laughs> And of course, Caroline's character now, you know, really coming out now, you know, the way, uh, you know, the way she's secretly mocking Wolfie uh, behind his back. <laughs> I 
And of course, I, I, I don't know if Wolfie's deliberately, you know, sort of playing all this up, you know, the completely, you know, the fish out of water thing at the posh party. Um, but I suspect he is, given that he's now going around with uh, suspicious punch, which uh, which we'll find out the uh, the big payoff at the end. <laughs> I've no, I've never been to a posh party, and I I never will. I I can't be in big crowds, unfortunately. Put me in a room full of you know with more than five people, and I'll just run out. There'll be a John shaped hole in the wall. Yeah, Harry Harry Fenning, of course, has to wear shades indoors and a suit that, uh, which which is very Travolta. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I, th I think um, Harry Fenning. I think after this, um, I think he actually ends up at the bottom of the sea with a lead weight or you know attached to his feet, according to his replacement, um, Ronnie Lynch, who's also, who's played by David Garfield. He was also in, he was also in the sci-fi uh, classic Doctor Who. He was in the War Games and the Face of Evil. Oh, these posh! You know the the uh, the posh hosts going about. You know what car they drive, and um, Wolfie, of course, pointing out how it's just a uh, you know you know uh, what's the word? What's the phrase? Um, <laughs> Um, it's yeah, overcompensated for something. Yeah, he, yeah, the posh bloke drives a midget. <laughs> I, I like, you know, I know they they started off as enemies, but it's um, episodes like this. They um, Wolfie and Charlie actually kind of, and even Harry, they actually kind of end up as. Mm, I wouldn't say friends, but they're they kind of on the same side because they, you know, they're united. You know, against you know the uh, um, Caroline and her friends, the posh chums. So it's it's, it's you know it's quite a nice kind of um, it's it's a good ensemble cast. They work really well together, and I think that's what you need in a good sitcom. You, you really you really need that kind of closeness of the of the cast, who I think clearly get on and are clearly enjoying it. I, th I think they you know really. Really had a good time, and as far as I know, they you know they still speak fondly of uh, those days. The aspiring actors, you know, Robert Lindsay, Mark Grady, Stephen Greif. I, I I don't know how John Sullivan does it. I I really don't. He just comes up with all these great, great one-liners. And we're coming up now to Wolfie's uh, big song at the end. Um, which of which Caroline thinks is going to be a massive flop, and is you know he's just going to humiliate himself, and she's going to get him chucked in the the, the duck pond or whatever, or no fish pond. I, I don't know. But actually, the the, uh, the jokes on Caroline and and all her friends, which is uh, which is a great twist. <laughs> It's a shame that Robert Lindsay didn't release this.
yeah, it's it's little things like that that um, Judy uh, Judy Jarvis does so well there. You know that that awful mocking laugh that she does at um, Wolfie playing a dud note in his guitar, and now he, here he comes with uh, with his revenge. <laughs> The way they're taking the Mickey out of the posh and, you know, taking the Mickey out of the uh, the upper classes. It's great. You know, I mean, he's he's clearly, you know, John Sullivan is clearly treating his characters with, you know, they may, you know, they may be full of bravado and bluster, but they're, they're also very smart cookies. You know, they've clearly got more brains than, uh, than the other characters give them credit for. You know, the way he's uh, just... You know, written this song that is just ripping them to shreds. It's it's wonderful. Oh, I'm not sure whether you get. <laughs> yeah, li lines like that. Um, Brother is nine hoof. I'm not sure whether you know that'd be acceptable these days. I, I don't know. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's it's a shame that you know this is Stephen Grice's last season. Um, you know, because he he works really well as as Harry Penny. And of course, we're all about to, you know, Wolfie's leading them in a toast, but uh, they they don't know that the uh, the punch has been spiked with something. <laughs> Apologies for the laughter. Um, yeah, it's part it's partly nervous laughter because I'm still new to this podcast lark, and also because it's it's a really funny episode. It's uh, it's great, real brilliant. Um, if if you've never seen Citizen Smith before, I would heartily recommend it. Go out and buy the DVD. It's uh. It's a wonderful bit of comedy and um, probably just as good as Only Fools and Horses, actually. And <laughs> some Horty and the Gorilla put some <laughs> laxative in the punch. <laughs> wonderful. Oh, that is great. And of course, um, Robert Lindsay sings the, uh, the theme tune at the end. A glorious day song. Like I said, that is great. Um, a wonderful episode. Go and check it out if you've not seen it before. I can't recommend it enough. Great stuff. So this is me, John Bensalia, uh, saying cheerio for the moment. I'll be back uh, the next time with uh, with an episode of Only Fools and Horses. Um, I'm going to decide which episode to choose. I'm not sure yet. Um, have a think about it. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this uh Visit down memory lane with a uh, with a comedy of Citizen Smith, and I'll be, see you so very see you very soon if I can actually put the full Steve in. But in the meantime, power to the people, and I will see you soon. Bye bye.